We're two months away from Christmas, yet the Saints felt the need to give the Bengals their present before Halloween. How does that happen? Well, we're going to talk about it all with a couple of fun guests. Coming up next on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to my friends elsewhere who are in complete disgust this Monday morning. Bengals 30, Saints 26. We're unfortunately contractually obligated to talk about it here on Datitude, episode number 104 for a Monday, October the 17th, 2022. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate, and bet.nola.com. And we're not going to spend the 20, 30 minutes that we usually spend talking about you know, going in my my long monologue and Derry's Don. I, I am going to do Derry's Don, but it's going to be unscripted today. Um, I would just worn out. I don't know if it's the the up and downness of the weeks or just not having a day off in a while or whatever the heck it is. I just didn't feel the need to script Derry's Don this morning. We're also because well, part of it is we're going to have uh, we have two guests on this morning, so. I couldn't spend the normal time that I do. And um, it, it's, it's just not worth it. I mean, that's where we are right now. I mean, this, this team is, 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 I don't want to say heartless. That's a little strong. But it's, it, it's in that ballpark. They're, they're missing. If, if this team had the heart of the Atlanta Falcons, don't, turn, don't, don't hit the X. Don't X me off yet. But seriously, if this team had the heart of the Atlanta Falcons, they'd be 4-2 right now, at the minimum. But they're not playing with heart. They're not... Remember the old Sean Payton mantra, finish strong? Oh, yeah, that's gone. That's long gone. They, they don't finish strong. I mean, they finished strong in the, in the week one game and somehow pulled a game out of that keister since then. There's no finish strong. You're two and four with the talent of a five and one or four and two team. Do you think the New York Giants are more talented than these New Orleans Saints? What about the New York Jets? Because they're a combined nine and three. The New York Giants are five and one and the New York Jets are four and two. New York Jets went into Green Bay and played another heartless team. And beat him. Aaron Rodgers didn't look like he wanted to be there. Tom Brady didn't look like he wanted to be in Pittsburgh yesterday. Got beat by a rookie and then Mitch Trubisky. And a team that got there just smoked last week by the Buffalo Bills, 38-3. It goes to show how much... You could talk about all the talent in the world. You can be... And by the way, this is, this is my dime now. But you can talk about all the talent that you want to talk about. The Saints didn't have their receivers yesterday. Um, We don't want to blame it on this guy. We don't want to blame it on Andy Dalton. We don't want to blame it on whoever. Hogwash. I don't care what receivers were on the field. The Saints rushed for 228 yards yesterday. Now, you're going to hear me say this multiple times throughout this show because it bears repeating. You know how many times the Saints have rushed for at least 228 yards this century? Ten. They've only done it ten times. You know how many times in those previous nine games they've lost when rushing for at least 228 yards? Think about it for a second. Guess. The answer would be zero. 
And I'm not just talking about when, like, just they won the game. I mean, you should see these scores. I'm going to read them all later on with Conductor Dave because he's the common fans coming on to finish this show. But they've now done it two weeks in a row and they had to escape last week against Seattle. But they, they scored in the previous eight times before that that they've rushed for at least 228 yards, 52, 31, 51, 47, 41, 49, 62 points and 30 points. It's the first time they've lost when they've rushed for this many yards since Halloween of 1999. The time before that, Jim Moore's first year, 1986. It's inexcusable. And the sad thing is, they didn't rush it enough. They ran it 34 times. Do we try to outsmart ourselves by not using Taysom Hill yesterday? He carried it five times for 39 yards. He did throw four passes. So he basically involved himself in nine plays. Did they go back and watch any film from last week to realize? Or are they just saying, well, Cincinnati knows that we're going to use Taysom Hill, so we're not going to use Taysom Hill this week. I mean, frankly, besides Alvin Kamara, he's your best offensive weapon. Use him. You scored 20 points in the first half, and frankly, it should have been more than that. You know, I asked Dennis Allen in the postgame press, and I'm not going to use the clips. I was going to, I had the clips ready, and I'm like, there's no need to use them. You've heard most of them, and they're all a bunch of monotone, blah, blah, blah. We need to do this. We need to get better. You've heard them all before. They're the same clips you hear after every loss so far this year. So I'm not going to play them. But I asked Dennis Allen, and I guess I didn't ask the question well enough. But when you go into the half, you know what the Saints were doing there? The Saints were playing to run the clock out and kick a field goal. I get that you're getting the ball first in the second half. But have some balls. Drew Brees would have gone for the touchdown. I mean, if you score a touchdown and you leave too much time on the clock, well, at least you scored a touchdown. It's better than running the clock down to nothing to make sure they don't get the ball back and say, by God, we're going to kick a field goal. They're not going to get the ball back. Who cares if they get the ball back if you score a touchdown? That just goes to show the mentality of this team right now. They scored six points in the second half. Will Lutz was fantastic yesterday. So what? You're playing a team. I mean, have you watched Joe Burrow play? Do we not know that he can lead any team back from anywhere at any time? Yeah. You can't play for field goals. But they, they said that, and they know that. That's not good enough. You play to win, I'm Herm Edwards. You don't play to kick field goals. They play, the Saints played yesterday not to lose a football game. And when you play not to lose, what's going to happen about 85% of the time? You're going to lose. Saints deserve to lose. So instead of being 3-3 three and three and going to Arizona in a short week against a team that has messed up more than this one, you're now 2-4, and four and now you have to win. Because the mindset of a team that has to win is completely different, and I'm not sure we know how the Saints are going to react. The Saints are way more talented than the Arizona Cardinals, even with them getting DeAndre Hopkins back this week. The Saints' offense is more talented than the Arizona offense. The Saints' defense is more talented than the Arizona defense. And even as, frankly, there's no other way to say it, as poorly as this team has been coached so far this season, they're better, they're more well-coached than the Arizona Cardinals. Does that mean the Saints are going to win? No, they're underdogs. Should they be? I don't know. I have no idea what I'm going to pick this week. I've been going into the analysis. But it's a must-win for both teams. For the second straight week now, they're going to go into a game against a team with the same record as them. If the Saints play with heart, they're going to win because they're, frankly, the better team. If they play like they played yesterday, they're not going to win. 
They played like they played against Carolina or Tampa Bay. They're not going to win. They play like they played against Atlanta, frankly. They're not going to win. So you go into this week, and there's no question now it must win. You're 2-5, and five, rip it up. I don't care how bad this division is. Sure, is it mathematically possible you could come back? Sure. Is it mathematically possible that eight wins will win this division? Of course it is. But I don't think the Saints are going to win eight games if they lose this game. I mean, already to win eight games, I mean, I'm no rocket scientist and mathematician. But we know that this, to win eight games, you got to go eight and nine. That means the Saints have to go six and five the rest of the way just to go eight and nine. Seven and four to go nine and seven. Is this team capable of going seven and four? I don't know. I mean, the schedule doesn't look as daunting now, the rest of the schedule, as it did maybe before the season when we talked about how they had to be good early on because they had teams like the Rams and the 49ers coming up later. You got to play the Bucs again. You play them on a Monday night. You got to play the Eagles, who are 6 and 0. So it's not nearly as scary now as it was probably before the season. But do you think this team is capable of rattling off a 7 and 4 stretch? I don't. Not right now. You got to show me you can do it. And you can't show me by being uber conservative, which is kind of contradictory to running the football. But you know what? That's what the Saints were best at yesterday. They got away from it. Alvin Kamara to rush the ball only 19 times yesterday is absurd. You, anytime they wanted to run the football yesterday, they did. Did you feel like you had to involve Andy Dalton to throw 32 times? He wasn't good. Andy Dalton proved why he's a backup quarterback at this point in his career. That's what he is. I read, I, you know, and I try to stay away from it, but sometimes you can't. I read Yahoo's yesterday, including my own friends, by the way, talking about how, well, if Jameis Winston would have started, they would have never even been in that position. Are you insane? What game are you watching? What team are you watching? Jameis Winston is clearly the best quarterback for this team, and if you want him to have a chance to go 7-4 and four down the stretch, you better hope he gets healthy fast because they're not going 7-4 and four with Andy Dalton back there. They're simply not. I don't want to hear that the – you know what? The Saints have been dealing with the receiving core issues for who knows how long now. They went 9-8 and eight with, with a cluster blank they had last year with Trevor Simeon playing quarterback, Taysom Hill playing quarterback, Ian Book getting shellacked in a game playing quarterback. Jameis Winston is clearly the best quarterback for this team and you know what? He might even be the best quarterback for this team if he's 80%. It's not Andy Dalton. And you better hope he comes back quickly, even if you can't get your warped mind around the fact that he's the best quarterback for this team. But play, to, uh, you know, Pete Carmichael did an awful job the first few weeks. But he's done a much better job as of late. But yesterday, and I don't know if this is a Pete Carmichael thing or a Dennis Allen thing. But just playing not to lose is not going to cut it. Having a quarterback with a quarterback rating in the 50s is not going to cut it. Running the ball with your best player by far on offense, not even close, 19 times when he's averaging 5.2 yards a carry is not going to cut it. Using the guy who had 112 yards the week before and was involved in, what, three touchdowns? And you only allow him to touch the ball nine times on offense yesterday? Not going to cut it. I don't know if the Saints were trying to be too cute, not using Taysom yesterday, because they figured, again, they figured Cincinnati knew that they were going to do that, or if they just had a poor game plan. Either way, it's not good. The defense, where were you yesterday? You know, all this, you know, I went into the game and I saying, I said two things needed to happen for the Saints to win. They needed to have four sacks. They had three. 
One more probably would have made the difference. If you get one more sack on that second to last Cincinnati drive, I think it makes the difference. And I said then they had to limit Jamar Chase and not allow the big play. And until that last offensive play for the Bengals, they pretty much had done that. You take away the 60-yard touchdown reception, and Jamar Chase had six catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. That's exactly where you want him to be. And then Roby and Matthew whiff on that last one. Now, again, the Bengals probably would have found the way to score even if he doesn't go from that big play, and then the Saints don't have any time because they were playing not to lose. However, it was, I mean, you got to figure out a way to stop that. The defense wants to talk about this and that, and this Dennis Allen defense is not the same Dennis Allen defense we've seen the past couple years. It's just not. It goes back to not playing with heart. So where do you go from here? you got a short week, and you don't have a whole lot of time to figure it out. You better figure it out quick. Because if you don't win this week, I don't care how bad the rest of the division is. I don't care how bad Tampa's playing right now. I don't care that Carolina's a no-show. So it comes down to Tampa, the Falcons of all teams, and the Saints. The Saints lose this week. It doesn't matter. Because you're playing a Las Vegas team that's going to come in, and I guarantee you they're going to play hungry because that's how they're playing. And then you're playing a Baltimore team on a Monday night you think this defense will be able to stop Lamar Jackson? Think again. Got to change, and it's got to change quickly. That's my dime. Let's get into uh, the guest here. We get a chance to talk to Garland Gillen of Fox 8, who, you know, saw him yesterday, and he asked me to come on his show on Thursday. I said, well, good. you can come on mine. So that's how that worked. And then the common fan is back after a couple-week hiatus. He had some interesting things to say. So let's hear them all here. Garland first. Welcoming into the Datitude podcast on this just gray, ugly, whatever. It's not gray outside. I see the sun, but it's gray inside. Garland Gillen, managing sports director and uh, reporter at Fox 8. And Garland, um, what did we see yesterday? Missed opportunities. Uh, when you go to the red zone five times and only come out with one touchdown, have to kick four field goals, and the opposite team, the the Bengals, get in the red zone three times and score touchdowns all three times, there it was. I, as they kept, Will Lutz kept kicking field goals, I'm like, this is going to come back to haunt them. And sure enough, it did. That, that's what it was. Andy Dalton um, had opportunities to, to give the Saints a win there, missed some big passes. Uh, he just didn't cut it yesterday for the black and gold. And Joe Burrow... Is there's a reason why he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He delivered, and Andy Dalton did. You know, it's weird because I, I kind of like LSU. Somebody joked with me about LSU on Saturday, and it got a little hairy there. I'm like, I never felt like LSU was going to lose the game on Saturday night. And what's weird is, for the Saints, I never felt like the Saints were going to lose until, like, uh-oh, they got a punt. Yeah. And then you start, think, you start realizing why you were in the game. I mean, the Saints had no business losing that game. No, no, they, they, I mean, they didn't trail in the contest until the, the, the final few minutes when Jamar Chase scored on a 60-yard touchdown. They led that entire game. They, they held serve the entire game. And then at the end, um, it just, it's just a gut punch. Uh, I mean, to have Jamar Chase on a quick hitter of the outside and then break two tackles from, uh, you know, final, the final guy he broke was Tyron Matthew. It was LSU on LSU crime at the end of the game there. And uh, I was in actually the visiting locker room after the game. So, you know, they um, Jamar and and Joe Burrow have so much confidence in each other and in themselves. You can understand why they weren't shook at all uh, trailing the entire game. How do you lose a game when you rush for 228 yards? Something that doesn't happen very often in the NFL period. It doesn't. And if you look through, it's only happened for the Saints 10 times this century. It is only the 10th time. In the 2000s, that the Saints, or the 20, 21st century, that the Saints have rushed for 228 yards or more. The last time they lost rushing for at least 20, 228 yards, 
Halloween of 1999. You got to go back 23 years. The time before that, 1986. You don't lose when you rush for 228 yards, yet the Saints found a way to do so. I don't understand. I, I still quite, don't quite get the game plan, Garland. I mean, it, they run the ball successfully, and then sometimes you just throw in these passes, I think, just to throw them sometimes. Yeah, and you have a, a, a good crew of running backs. You do not have uh, star quality at the rod receiver position, okay? When you're throwing out there a Kevin White and exactly. a, Keith Kirk, a Keith Kirkwood and your number one option is Traquan Smith, I mean, those are some scary, uh, you know, options. Obviously, the undrafted uh, rookie Rashid Shahid, who – that was his first action as a professional football player. Didn't even play in the preseason. He was injured. Those are your options. And Adam Traubman was out also. I would just keep feeding the rock to the running backs. You got a great stable when you have Taysom and you got Ingram and you have Alvin Kamara. That's quite a one, two, three punch. It's probably one of the better ones in the NFL when you have those three guys. Just keep running it. Uh, I mean, especially when, I mean, Andy Dalton, he's serviceable. Okay. We know what Andy Dalton is. That's a good word and, for him. But serviceable, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, you know, everybody uses the word game manager. I don't like that one as much there. You know, it's overused. It's serviceable. Uh, it seems better. But, yeah, you, you have a, a good crew of running backs, and you do not have any star quality at wide receiver right now. So I would definitely lean on those guys and not the receivers. Maybe they'll figure out when they go to Arizona on Thursday. Well, they're not going to have a lot of time to figure it out, but – you know, you talk about, you know, a, a lot of fans are going to want to blame, because Andy Dalton was in there, by the way. If Jameis Winston would have been in there, it would have been Jameis Winston's fault. But because Andy Dalton was in there, they want to blame the fact that they don't have any wide receivers. Well, guess what? They didn't have any wide receivers last year either, and they won nine games. So that's not an excuse. To me, when you look at this box score, the thing that jumps out at me is Alvin Kamara, to only had, he, had, he averaged 5.2 yards a carry, and he only had 19 carries. So if your receiving core is so decimated, why in the hell is Alvin Kamara only getting 19 carries? He did have six receptions, so he's got 25 touches. But still, I mean, you need to go to Alvin Kamara before the game and say, look, this Russian defense we're about to play stinks. You're going to get the rock like 30 times today on the ground. And they should have just kept feeding it to him, and I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I think they were trying to do some load management last year with uh, Kamara because they were worried because they gave it to him too many times last season. Um, he's he's one of the best running backs in the Sometimes league. Sometimes you have to, though, right? Yeah, and give it more to Taysom. I, I mean, just just keep giving him the Five ball, carries, you know. Taysom Hill. And, Five then, and then and then if at least it doesn't work, you can be like, hey, we 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 we've tried everything, okay. And, and you point out it's a short week. They play in a few days on Thursday night. Um, I don't know if you're going to get any of these receivers back. I don't know if Jarvis Landry and Mike T are are, are going to be back in the in the fold this week. And uh, Troutman, you know that that's something definitely to monitor. And uh, I, you got to be worried. I don't think Jameis Winston. I mean, I know he's close, but is he going to be ready for Thursday night? There, there's a lot of question marks. And and I will say this, Jim. The, I know a lot of people are freaking out. They're they're two and four right now, but. This NFC South is really weak this season, like Man. extremely weak. When Tampa Bay goes into Pittsburgh and loses, that is – man, that's inexcusable. And Kenny Pickett got knocked out of the game, and Mitch Trubisky had to finish it up. And won the so, game for him. Yeah, so it's 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 up for Something's grabs. Something's wrong over there. Yeah, I mean, when the Falcons are in first place right now with the with the Bucs, uh, there's a problem right now with this division. So – it's okay right now. Uh, I mean, yes, there are a lot of concerns, but you're only a game out of the uh, NFC South lead. So maybe nine and eight will be good enough to win it this year uh, if, oh, if think, you start looking at the standings. So. You, yeah. you know what's you know what's weird is Atlanta's the only team playing with any heart in this division. I mean, I would have never thought that. I mean, you could have you could have said before the season there's going to be one team that's going to play with heart. I wouldn't have picked Tampa because I think they have internal issues, but I would have said. Either the Saints or the Panthers. And the Saints are just, they're playing like lost sheep right now. The Panthers are way beyond that. They're, they're, they need a total rebuild over there. I, I mean, they're, they're a mess. But the Falcons are playing with a lot of heart, and it's got to worry you because if you're a Saints fan, you don't want to hear it. But it, frankly, Atlanta's playing better than anybody else in the division right yeah, now. Yeah, it, it, there, there's a lot of issues with him right now. There's, there, there's no doubt concerns. And 
Jim, also, it's a concern on defense, okay? Not everybody's to blame in this game. And to let Joe Burrow get out of the pocket and score a touchdown, uh, Cam Jordan apologized that, you know, after the game said, hey, that's on us on the defensive side of the ball. I know Marshawn Lattimore was out of the game, but guess what? Everybody's dealing with injuries in the NFL right now. Everybody's got bumps and bruises. No one's going to want to hear the pity party that the black and gold have right now, that their starting quarterback is out that their star receivers are out, that their number one corner is out right now. No one cares, okay? Because everybody in the NFL is dealing with the same issues. Um, at least you got a weak Arizona team. You can maybe rectify some of these problems, but it's a short week. You don't know who's coming back on each side of the ball. Is Lattimore going to be there? They're, they're, they're gonna, there's going to be an injury report later today. I don't think they're going to practice. It's gonna possibly just do a walkthrough. So I don't know how much you're going to get in answers uh, on a Monday, but everybody's to blame in this loss. Okay. No, no one is going unscathed in this loss. There's no doubt. I think that's a perfect way to put it. I think that every single facet of this team had a hand in the loss yesterday. I mean, I, even the special teams, they make a great play earlier, but I mean, you know, the Blake Gilligan Gilligan, who's been a fantastic punter shanks one there at the end. I mean, and you could see how upset he was about it. I mean, but you pick the worst time to shank it. And then, you know, I'm saying I hope they score quickly. As a Saint, you know, if you're wanting the Saints to win, you want them to score quickly because you're not going to keep them from scoring at that point. I didn't – I had no, you know, delusions of grandeur that the Saints were going to keep keep the Bengals out of the end zone. So you hope it happens quick. It does happen quick. The Saints are able to drive down the field, and then they just stall. And, I mean, Andy Dalton just he, – he showed why he's a second-string quarterback at this point in his career. Yeah, the, the Dalton situation, um, I, I know everybody likes to see the new shiny thing and they like the yeah, guy right. on the bench, um, but I, I think it's definitely kind of played itself out. I mean, this is who he was with the Bengals at the back end. This is who he was with the Cowboys on the back end, and this is who he is now with the New Orleans Saints. Um, Which is okay, though. I mean, that, right. that's who that's who he is. You didn't bring him in here to be your star. No, the backup. You brought him and, in. The, you you paid you paid Jameis Winston the big time money to be the starting quarterback for the team. He was out dealing with four fractures in his back, dealing with an ankle issue. You go back and look through just everything, and you, you can just pinpoint a few things that that need to be the, the be corrected. Um, it's just the small things. It's you know. Uh, Obviously, the injury concern we talked about there. I, I think it comes down to Andy Dalton is not accurate, and he was dealing with a lot of inexperienced guys uh, when you got an undrafted rookie out of Weber State. Um, I mean, Callaway, I, I won't say Callaway's inexperienced anymore. He's kind of gotten in there. Keith Kirkwood is an oldie but goodie. I mean, wasn't even on the team earlier this why, year. Why don't they involve Callaway more? That's what I don't understand. I mean, there's, there's no question this kid has a lot of talent. He should be at least involved as much as Traquan Smith. Yeah, no, I thought Traquan Smith's a better blocking wide receiver than he is an actual yeah. receiver. <laughs> so, but I will say this: that was a pretty good catch by Traquan uh, in in the first. It was. Half. It was outstanding. Yeah, that, I mean, that was one of the highlights of the game for the receiving group. I mean, that was the only time they scored in the red zone, and it was the first time they're in the red zone because they failed the final four times to score in the red zone. So. That 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 definitely Traycon was a shining light at the beginning of the game, uh, but th- yet this other group of receivers, I mean, it is it is bleak well, when you look at this group. You know, it really it, it that's what really frustrates you about. And look, if Mike Thomas is like super hurt, he's super hurt. It is what it is. But I mean, this is what frustrates you about a guy like this who is supposed to be your superstar talent, and you're paying ten million ten million dollars a year to come and he. He hasn't basically played but a couple games over the course of now two and a half seasons. And it's just, I mean, what, what, where, what kind of position is this team in? They're, they're kind of they're locked and, and don't have a lot of choices there. No, and I don't know when it's going to get better. I mean, it, they don't have a lot of options. And the, the, grab, the grab a guy that, 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 that was undrafted that didn't play in the preseason just shows you how desperate they are right now. And Kevin White, I mean, he goes down as one of the oh, biggest busts in first-round draft in history. Uh, I watched him during training camp. I was at a ton of those practices. He drops a lot of passes. Uh, I mean, he looks – he's a perfect specimen. He was a big-time receiver coming out of what, uh, West Virginia, got drafted in the first round by Chicago Bears. He's been an absolute bust. 
and they they had to lean on him yesterday. That that just shows you the desperation that that Pete Carmichael and this offense is dealing with right now, uh, with these offensive options. But we can all just go back to it, and we talked about it. I just think that maybe it's just time to just lean so heavy on Camara. I agree. Especially on a short week, you you probably have no options but to do that. And I'm sure the Cardinals are going to key in on that. Okay, before we let you go, Garland, there are two things that I want to touch on real quick. And one of them, obviously LSU and and the big win they had over Florida. I thought they would win this week, but I in no way did I think they would be as dominating as they were. And I know this they, they allowed a lot of points, but you know, they allowed two quick touchdowns the rest of the way. They only allowed, allowed three, and one of them was kind of a desperate, a desperate score. So I thought LSU played I mean, they clearly played the best game of the season. But what do you think? Is this a team that we can see keep improving like this and Jaden Daniels can continue to play like this the rest of the season? Yeah, we've in front of our eyes, we saw Jaden Daniels have his best performance probably of his entire career, Arizona State and LSU. Uh, you, th- you would think that he's finally starting to get it. Uh, you know, he's starting to um, understand Mike Denbrock's offense. The big thing was they got Kayshawn Booty involved more in the offense okay uh you know he was leaning on malik neighbors a lot this season um he was he was targeting mason taylor way too much in the tennessee game uh, mason taylor was down to one target which is where it should be he's only a freshman you need to be targeting Keyshawn booty malik neighbors and then brian thomas uh, jr had a, 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 fa- a fabulous game that kid's he, an nfl receiver he i mean he was great at walker i don't know if you ever got was, the opportunity. yes i did i did yeah. a couple of times he was, fabu- he was a fabulous. He was a fabulous punt returner too. Yeah, he he was all over the place. I mean, the Walker team was not that good. He was the only reason you go to see Walker was Brian Thomas. So he's got a lot of weapons, and then he's got the he's got the walk on running back that's now a, a scholarship, uh, you know, running back number twenty seven. So it, yeah. it he he's got the he's got the guys on. on both sides, you know, the running backs, receivers. Um, I think this is where it's going to keep going. Um, Ole Miss comes in extremely confident uh, off a unimpressive win, I think, against Auburn. Uh, They're undefeated. Uh, They're really feeling themselves right now. Jackson Dart, I talked about about this with Deuce McAllister yesterday, an Ole Miss grad. Uh, Jackson Dart is hurt right now. He's concerned about that. So, uh, of course, last year, uh, Matt Corral was injured when he went against LSU and still tur- it tore him up. So uh, that's something also to watch with Ole Miss coming to town this weekend. Uh, Two thirty game national television. Um, I think Brian Coaster there. heated up. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there and I'll, I will see you in Baton Rouge. I'm sure uh, we, we've got some kind of uh, pre. I don't know. We're doing some kind of tailgate show that's being <laughs> broadcast over some tailgate and some speakers for tailgaters. I have no idea, but I'm. I'm going to be there, and I'll be there with bells on. All right, before I let you go, there is something, one other thing that I want to touch on. And you were, you know, it happens every now and then that sports reporters, sports writers, sports reporters, sports broadcasters, every now and then we become news broadcasters, news writers. And um, you had an incident on Friday night at Bogalusa High. I talk about it a little bit. Unfor- very tragic situation where um, – Someone was shot outside of the stadium. A young man died. Um, you didn't know that he died at the, at, at the time. But uh, just talk about the moment Friday and, and what you saw and, uh, you know, what your cameraman was able to grab at the same time. Yeah, uh, it was a joyous night in Bogalusa. Um, Jim, it's the first time I've been to Bogalusa to cover a game since, geez, I mean, in the mid-2000s. Um, it, it was a raucous atmosphere outside the stadium. It was homecoming. It was really exciting. The paper mill, the smoke was pushing away from the stadium, which was huge because, you know, that paper mill smell can be quite pungent um, if you've never been to Bogalusa before. But the wind was blowing the opposite way, so it was a beautiful night to be there. Ashton Levy was playing out of his skull, accounted for six touchdowns in the game. His final TD pass right when the receiver caught it, I'm talking, Jim, a, a couple of seconds, and all of a sudden it was just rat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat, gunshots just raining out. Um, I was standing right next to a police officer, and the uh, field house for Bogalusa was right next to me, about five yards away, so I just took a hard right and went right behind the wall. There was a huge brick wall at the field house, and players were scurrying everywhere because – 
where the touchdown happened was in the uh, it was right next to the, the fence, and the shootout was happening right behind the fence. So it was about thirty yards away from us. The shootout is happening. I mean, this isn't this wasn't where it was like a far away, like you know, blocks away. I mean, it was so close to me, Jim. I really thought it was like right next to me. It was that close to really? me. Really, and. Edwin Goode, who's my photographer, was I think he was just locked in the moment because he was shooting the game. The kid caught, catches the reception, uh, the touchdown reception, and then is just so locked in the moment. He's still recording, and all of a sudden the gunshots start raining out. He just turns the camera, and and just you can hear all the pops and everything going off. There's a, a the gates right there, and it's kind of a covered gate, so you know they have some like kind of mesh covering, so fans can't just see right into the stadium. Right. But you could see a a, a guy with a gray hoodie on running past, and sure enough, later on the police officers looked at Edwin's footage, and they're like, "Yeah, that's the guy we're looking for, the gray hoodie." So Edwin actually got the perpetrator on camera. Now he had a hoodie over him, pretty hard. Right. You know, you couldn't see his face. But Edwin got him like running away from the scene. Uh, I mean, and and then I didn't realize how many gunshots there were until I saw the casings and the uh, markers on the ground. Uh, I think they said there was twenty gunshots. Oh my goodness! And it was three people involved in the shooting. And uh, as you said, a fifteen-year-old uh, passed away. Um, he was unconscious when they got to him. And our our Fox Eight uh, vehicle was in the crime scene, um, so we had to we had to move the car out of the crime scene. Um, I, I mean, Jim, you hear about the problems we deal with in, in our city in New Orleans. I just thought I'm going to go to the country. I'm going to see a really good team in Bogalusa. They're number two in the, in the non-select power ratings. Cyril Crutcher is doing a great job. You know, I, I just want to get a, some country life for one day, you know, get out of the city, you know, see a little different pace. And, and the, the city came to me. I mean, it was I'm not going to lie. I was shook for a little while. If, if you go back and look on my Instagram account, my Twitter account, my Facebook account, I have I have the story that aired at the top of 10. Um, I, you can't see my hands really, but like my hands were shaking because I we shot that about probably like five minutes after the shooting happened. So I was pretty shook. Luckily, Edwin, my photographer, was pretty calm about the whole situation. I just, he was talking to me. I just needed a, I needed a second to write what I was going to say. And I think writing what I was going to say calmed me down for a moment. But um, it, yeah, it, it took me a while. Luckily, that was an hour and a half drive back to New Orleans because it kind of took me that long to comprehend everything that happened because you start playing it back in your head. The fans running out of the stadium, the, the Jules Sumner kids running toward their bus, the uh, Bogalusa kids running to the sideline, running to the field house. It's just all playing in my head. It was. It Did was they end the game? Did they end the game? Did they end the game? Did they end the game? So that touchdown happened and made it 46 to 27. There was four minutes left in the game right when he caught the. I mean, the timing was crazy, Jim. I mean, kid caught the pass and then all of a sudden, Radley caught it. He almost thought that it would have been, you know, some people probably thought it might have been fireworks or celebration because it was homecoming and there was people everywhere. But uh, the police officer, like, just started running. And I, I was like, this sound, never mind. This is gunshots. Like, it was fast. And um, yeah, I've what? never. I, I've, I've been in television 22 years now, and um, I've never experienced something like that before. But what we do, we got to do throughout our career, and sometimes uh, things happen spot on the moment, and we have to, to change gears, and you, you change gears well. Anyone who wants to see any of those stories can go to either fox8live.com or check out Garland Gillen on any of his accounts. And, uh, you know, Fox 8's doing plenty of stuff sports-wise, Almost every night after the news, and I will be on your show on Thursday night on the uh, the final bet show, which oh yeah, which will be it'll be interesting because it's probably going to come on about the time the Saints game's ending. So yeah, no, we, we'll we'll talk. Um, we didn't talk about it in this show, but we're going to talk about the Green Wave. Don't don't you worry. Good. We're get some Green Wave talk. We're going to get some Sean King, Jawan Dawson, nineteen ninety eight. Wow. You know? Hey, uh, Juan, you know, Juan and I have been around, you know, for uh, a Tom being Kincaid, who's the host of the show. So we'll definitely get some positive two lane talk. They got a big game on Saturday. So we'll get there. They do. We'll, talk, we'll talk a lot of LSU um, sports betting also, and uh, maybe drop a little Pels in there. But yeah, as you said uh, tonight, 
uh, on Monday night. Uh, Deuce recaps the game with the black and gold review. So we we just go, man. Every day it's Saints, it's LSU, it's Tulane, it's Pelicans, it's high school football. I mean, Jim, it's 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 a it's a blessing and a curse football season because we work so many hours. But the the, the blessing part of it is is that it just moves fast, man. I mean, like we're halfway through October, it is blowing and going. Before I know it, it'll be Thanksgiving, and we'll be keep moving. And I absolutely love it. I mean, I got like seven things I got to do today, and I don't care. Like I'm gonna be busy running around to probably seven o'clock at night. But it, it, it's it's I love this stuff there. I mean, I rather I rather be completely busy for twelve hours straight than be at a job where I'm just sitting there and just watching paint dry. Well, uh, you go to sleep in August, you wake up, it's January. It is what it is, and the older you get, Garland, when you, when you get into your 50s, you'll find out that it goes even faster than that. It's, 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 but it is fun, and I enjoy being part of I, I thank you guys for inviting me to do different things. I've done a few different things with you guys, and I enjoy it. So I will see you on your show Thursday, and thanks for coming on mine, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Jim, have a great one. Garland Gillen of Fox 8, I, I meant to mention that before. We had him on that he was going to talk about that, but uh, I thought it was it was important to talk, to hear his his viewpoint. And you know, we we can talk and complain about our team and and they stink and they're two and four and they might not make the playoffs and and it is what it is. I mean, you know, we we complain about all those things, but you know, some people live lives that are a lot different than than others and. Um, you know, I'm hopefully that this can give you a little bit of relief. Hopefully some people that listen to the show, this is a hour long or 45 minute hour long relief away from reality. And for other people, well, they could just sit and curse me out for 45 minutes if they make it through that long. Call me an idiot. Call me whatever you want. You can write to me, you know, at jderry at the advocate.com on Twitter at Jim Derry Jr. You know, it, it's funny because so, sometimes I do get some messages, and I always think it's interesting. I, I, I've gotten more compliments this year than I usually get because usually it's just hate mail, and I've gotten some nice letters this year. Um, but the hate mail is funny because I, th- I think sometimes people think they're typing into the ether space. Like there's not a real person on the other end. So we'll say things that we would never say. I mean, now some people would say it face-to-face. Don't get me wrong, I realize that. But sometimes you read stuff and you do. I just, I just laugh at it mostly. So go ahead. You can write me hate mail too. At jderry at theadvocate.com. I'll take it. I might even read it on the air. Who knows? Uh, if you have a question, go ahead. Throw it out there. A little programming note because I'll, I'll tell you again before we go off the air. But uh, Thursday's show is going to be the live show this week with Jeff Duncan. I don't know who my guest is for Friday. Um, but we're gonna do we're gonna kind of flip flop things. We're gonna have obviously with the Saints playing on Thursday this week, we're going to do the live preview on Thursday morning with Dunk. He'll be live uh, from Phoenix, and uh, you can find that show nine fifteen a.m. I think we may have to do it at a little bit different time, but as of now, it's nine fifteen a.m. You can find it wherever. Well, after it's over, you can find it wherever you find your podcast for the live version on all the bet.nola.com and nola.com, Facebook, YouTube, and I think on the NOLA News Twitter page as well. All right, let's get to the common fan. And, uh, you know, this this is our outlet on Mondays to just kind of hear what the average fan is thinking, right? Now, Dave DeCorbier doesn't want to be called average, but when I, when I told him, you know, that's kind of what I am, I just release my uh, frustrations or... Happy, happy, joy, joys in a different way. But uh, we kind of come together in a meeting of the minds, and I, th- I think even though as warped of a mind he has, I think we're on the same plane because you know what? I have a warped mind too. So let's all be warped together and commiserate. All aboard. All aboard the Taysom train. Conductor Dave is on the Taysom train. Maybe we all needed to be on the damn Taysom train yesterday. (laughs) 
Look, the bet, but the highlight of my game yesterday was at, at that final drive. We're trying to march down the field, and you hear clear as day from the stands on the on the CBS feed. Put Taysom in. It was, <laughs> it was glorious. Oh my god, uh, I don't understand what the hell they were doing yesterday. I, you know, and, and it's funny, like, at the time, I'm like, no, don't put Taysom in. And you know my love for Taysom. I was just like, you know, we got to get the ball downfield. But then I started thinking about it even more. They dropped all their, you know, coverage back deep. They had eight deep three linemen. I mean, I'm like, you know what? Put Taysom on and, and keep them honest at least. But, I mean, your hindsight, 2020 and all that jazz. But, man. Here's the answer. Uh-huh. Here's the answer when you suck at, at quarterback. Put whoever is <laughs> not in the game. He's got to be better, right? <laughs> I mean, it's Jameis's fault. Now it's Andy Dalton's fault. Now it's put Taysom in, but so then it could be his fault. And I mean, you can't blame Ian Book anymore. No, so, I mean, <laughs> it, it just—I mean, it's just always someone else's fault. How about it's the fault of the people who were playing? Uh, yeah, I, I'll go with that. I, I don't know, man. Look, it's just. <sighs> Before we started even recording, man, I was saying like that it puts paid to the whole saying where, you know, they look great on paper because this team looks great on paper. But when you put them out on the field, they look awful. And and look, it, last season and even the start start the season in training camp, Cam Jordan, everybody's talking about how the defense, they're going to put them on their shoulders and do that. Well, you know what? They can't even give this team a piggyback ride right now because they are not doing their job, man. I the, the, the And if I hear explosive play one more time, the big plays, though, you let Joe Burrow get, get squeeze out at a 19-yard touchdown run, a 60-yard pass to Jamar Chase for the love of all that's holy. What the hell? I was waiting for the love of Pete. I haven't heard that. You usually say that. Yeah, you know, every now and again. I I get fired up, buddy. I mean, here's what got me fired up. And, you know, you're in the press box, so you can't cheer. Okay, you can't show any emotion. I hated that, dude. You can't show any emotion. It's like being in the punish corner. There is one thing that kind of ticked me off yesterday. And I know there were, there's always a decent amount of of visiting fans yesterday, but these these people... (laughs) Wearing their Joe Burrow jerseys, and you know some of them are Saints fans. Yeah, and they're they're like cheering when Joe. Your team is getting their ass smacked. <laughs> Stop rooting for the other team, Jack. Oh Weed. my God! Look, you know, and and it's just. What do you do? I mean, like, that was the game where it's like, I want Joe Burrow to succeed in every game except when he plays the Saints. And and leading up to it, like, the the first half, we were looking great, man, you know? Cheer for him against Tom Brady. Cheer for him against uh, Malcolm. Did you see that scumbag yesterday? Somebody's hurt on the field, and this this, use your word, jackweed is on the side staying warm, you know, throwing balls, staying warmed up while somebody's fighting for their career, you know, surrounded by entire Trying to get me to cuss again, aren't you? I I am. I'm working on it, man. It's been two weeks, bro. Two weeks. I I got a stat for you, okay? What's that? The Saints rushed for 228 yards yesterday. Mm, It was the 10th time this century (laughs) that they have done so, okay? Here are the scores from the previous nine games. I'm going to go as quickly as I can. All right. And I'm not going to even mention the opponents because it doesn't matter. Before today, this century... Win 39-32 because they did it against Seattle just uh, last week. Yeah. Second week in a row, they rushed for at least 228 yards. Before that, win 52-33. to Win 31-3. to Win 51-14. to Win 47-10. to Win 41-23. to Win 49-17. to Win 62-7. to Win 30-7. to They hadn't <laughs> lost a game in which they had rushed for at least 228 yards since 1999, and the time before that, they hadn't lost a game when doing so. Since 1986, Jim oh. Moore's first year. So they've wow. only they this is only the this is only the third time they have lost when rushing for that many yards since Jim Moore's first season. But, you know, funny side note, too. That's a stat. Remember when the the Saints always uh, held every rushing. Uh, player to under 100 yards yeah. the last time they had a 100-yard rusher was Samaji Piran before it got snapped. And that was what, uh, last season, I think it was? Yeah, he rushed for um, five yards yesterday. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, we shut him down, but big whoop. <laughs> they rushed for 75 yards as a team. How do you rush for 228 yards, you hold the other team to 75 yards rushing, and you lose? 
Uh, How does it not go back? We got to go back to the drawing board, Jim. You know, we we you've got to reduce the explosive plays, and we got to get back to, to who we are as an identity. Drawing board into about a thousand pieces and get a new drawing board because obviously there's like they must have used permanent marker or something, and they couldn't erase. <laughs> And now, now they're like, oh, wait, is this the old play or the new play? It's kind of smudged right there, Pete. Uh, can, you, can you unsmudge that play right there? I, I mean, look, and I don't understand how, how – um, uh, are the other teams just adjusting and we're not? Because, I mean, that seems to be – uh, Oh, no, uh, we're adjusting. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're adjusting to lose, man. It's like, uh, But it seems like the teams figure us out by halftime and then come back and shellack us where it's just like we're not making any sort of changes. There was a time where, you know, we would go in in a halftime and then even sort of change up a few parts of our offense, even if we were clicking on all cylinders, to keep them honest. I mean, like, I don't know what's going on. At this point, it's got to be coaching because with all the great players you've got, you're obviously must be putting them in a position to lose, but it's also on them to make the plays, man. I mean, it's so frustrating. You score 20 points in the first half, and you score six in the second half. Yeah, somebody did something. Hmm. There's no excuse for that. I mean, and and they played towards the end. Like, they were – you remember how the Saints would play back sometimes in Jim Moore days not to lose? Yeah. That's how they were uh, playing, not to lose. That prevent prevents the win. I mean, and it's not just – you know, it's it's disgusting. And And – I don't know where these guys learn how to tackle. Oh my uh, God! It's like Roby and Matthew. I, what? How, when did they forget how to tackle? They used to be pretty good. Those guys. I, I gotta wonder. You know, I, it's like it, they just launch themselves so that now they're out of position to make the tackle. They launch themselves and just try to do a, a quick little arm tackle. I mean, they, good Lord, I, I, I coach a flag football team, and we teach these little nine-year-olds to square up against your opponent. You know, grab those flags, square up, drop into your defensive stance. What are they doing, man? Like, like the peewee football is doing better. Yeah, they're squaring up to fall over on their <laughs> tookus. And tookus, I like that. Keisters. Oh, I had a coach named Coach Keister. Oh, no. Yeah, Clifton Oak Gainus School. It's not you, went to, you went to Gainus. Yeah, I went to Gainus over there on Paris. I mean, I could make jokes here on a Monday morning, but we'll leave the jokes <laughs> for the New Orleans Saints. I remember Gainus. Uh, yeah. We had some friends that went there. Yeah, we had um, a great basketball team. Yeah. Football, not so much. Football team really stunk. <laughs> we All right, we're yeah. getting way off track. I, I, how, do, how does everything change? Uh, in just a couple of days, you got to go out to Arizona, and you're facing a team that's in a worse situation than the Saints are, you cannot lose this game, right. or you can just rip it up. Silver, silver linings. I mean, you look, the, the majority of the NFC teams are are like two and four right now. You got a three and three sitting in there, but like you know, it, either you stink like the Saints with your record, or you're five, six and zero oh as the Eagles. What the hell is going on in this world, man? So the Giants are five and one. The Jets are yeah. four and two. Oh the two, God. the two New York teams. They've yeah, com- they're combined to go nine and three. What the hell? So look, I I I don't know how how they bounce back from this. You know, Jameis supposedly was the emergency quarterback. He was dressed out. Uh, you know, everybody's like, oh well, Andy Dalton did himself no favors. Well, he's not the starting quarterback. But I don't think having Jameis, even if we get Michael Thomas back, even if Landry comes back, you know, it doesn't matter because this team is not playing well. So having all the starters in clearly has not helped us this entire season. So. I don't know what changes. Do, do the coaches finally get their heads out there, keisters, and, and really work with these guys? Because I don't know what's going on. I, you just said it a little bit. Execute. I mean, they got to perform. they got to execute. But if they are executing plays given to them by the coaches that are not helping them, I don't know what to do, man. I'm, I'm, we're not in those meetings. So, you know, we can ask coaches questions till they're blue in the face, but they're just going to give us the same, you know, boilerplate stuff. Well, well, we got to work better. we got to do better. Back to the drawing board. Uh, well, last question. What nice. would you say if you were in those meetings? Uh, I, you know what? I'd probably just scream at him like I, like I do with you, man. I, I, like, like it's an embarrassment. You are embarrassing. You're supposed to be the you ambassadors of this. That. I would say that. Look, I love me some Cam Jordan. But, you know, every time he holds court in the locker room, you know what it's like. You go back there. There's just like this mob of people around Cam Jordan in his, in his oh, skivvies yeah. for a minute. And then he... You know, and he it gets all snarky. I'd be like, you know, Mr. Jordan, sir, you know, like, what is wrong with you? Because he wants to get snarky, get snarky back. I mean, it's like, I don't, 
they seem more concerned about how he's, you know, uh, rearranging his facial hair right now than asking why. Because and he's he sidesteps it. I mean, you've really Some, got to something's not right with this team. You've got to get to it. I mean, you know, you, you know, at this point, you know, you always make an example of somebody. You bench somebody. Well, you know, I guess it doesn't matter because we got so many damn hurt players benching somebody. I don't know if that scares them back into working right. I don't know, man. But maybe they did that. Point, maybe they benched Michael Thomas, and we don't even know. That's possible, but I doubt it. I, I doubt mean, it. or he benched himself. I got my I, ten million. Dude, like, like he was saying, Not my 10 million. I, I forgot what his quote was yesterday, but it was really weird, you know. He's I mean, weird. but he, he is odd, man. He, he's kind of, you know, he's, I, I, I don't want to say Michael Jackson off the rails, but he's close. He's close. He's pretty off the rails. He ain't bad. Uh, we know that. No, no. But yeah, dude, I, I don't know. I, I give up. I don't know. Well, I don't know what to say. Make sure you listen to the end song because uh, you gave me the, the inspiration <laughs> for, uh, for what we're for how we're going to end this show. We end the show with a song uh, that kind of fits the moment. And I, I was thinking about it actually when you texted me last night. And I'm like, I don't know what the song's going to be. And then like, you texted me something like, yeah, bam, that's it. Well, and look, that's sidebar, it. final thing. I, at some point, we got to look at the front office of the Saints too, because look, you know, like I, CJ Gardner Johnson last night getting oh, the pick. I on. mean, he's a bum. look, I, I, he's not a bum. Anybody could have caught that. Of God, no. For the love of God, dude, what is wrong with our secondary? Letting these players blow up, getting these big plays, we shouldn't have let them walk out the door. We do it every dang time. They let him walk out the door because he was, like, demanding more, more a, money he than he was worth. He was being a prima donna. He, he said he was being money. a bitch. He wasn't being a team. Okay, fine. But it doesn't matter because we could use that bitch on the field right now. That's what I'm saying. Good we Lord. could use him. But the fact is, if he would have stayed here, he probably wouldn't have been on the field. Okay. I, he would have been. He would have been because there's look. It's the walking wounded out there. If you if you got a pulse, get your ass on the field right now. Yeah. Well, anybody could have caught, made that pick. Yeah. They got we, tipped we, up we, in the air and we it, keep getting burnt in the secondary, Jim. I mean, you know, we keep getting burnt. They're not getting burnt in the secondary. They can't Justin tackle. Justin Jefferson worth and, and and then Jamar they Chase. Can't yeah, they're tackle. great players. Well, yeah, you can put that in there too. But I mean, they're more covering. They can't tackle. Oh my God, Jim. Okay, fine. Yes, I agree with you, but you're not a hundred percent right. You're half right. All and right. I'm the other half right. Now, beat me behind the hot, your house tomorrow. We're we going to fight. We we'll have fight. our own meeting. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Uh, all right, talk to you uh, next uh, week. Bye. It's <laughs> about all we could take of happy, happy, joy, joy for one day, right? Oh, boy. Where do they go from here? Well, we'll find out in just a few days. I mean, that's all you can do. You move on, and um, like everything else in life, you either deal with your problems or you don't. You either figure out a way to fix them or you don't. And uh, I, I got to say, I'm not super confident they're going to figure out how to fix their problems. They're right there in front of them. I mean, I'm no coach. I don't get paid to be a coach. I get paid to do analysis and tell you who to bet on. By the way, I've been doing really well with that. Not to toot my own horn or anything, but my record's a lot better than the Saints. If you've been following my best bets and uh, you've been winning money, uh, actually, a pretty decent amount, depending on how much you're putting on it. I'm not advocating telling you how much to put on anything. You put whatever you want. But I'm just saying, have you been following my best bets? My my best bets record is somewhere along the lines of probably like the New York Giants record, maybe Dallas Cowboys record, maybe Kansas City Chiefs record, somewhere in that ballpark, Just just to give you a little tip. So we will have our uh, bet show, uh, our best bet show that I have with Uncle Big Nick. That is going to be Friday this week instead of Thursday because we're doing the live show with Jeff Duncan on, on Thursday as he will be out live in Phoenix. You can find it. We'll tell you how to find it. You can find me on Twitter at Jim Derry Jr. And uh, our live show Thursday, if you don't catch it on the NOAA.com or bet.noaa.com YouTube and Twitter and Facebook pages, you can find it wherever you find your podcast afterward because I put it there along with my monologue and my closing statement. And as we close this show, remember I told you I was trying to think of how to go out and I like to close with a song every, every show? Well, I was having trouble last night thinking of what the, the song was. And then out of the clear blue, when we're talking about coming on, D-Square didn't even realize that he was giving me the song to finish with today. I don't usually finish with sad country songs. Or 
maybe it's not sad to some of you. Maybe it's inspirational to some of you. But it, it kind of sums up where the saints are right now. So maybe they need to let Jesus take the wheel. Does Jesus take the wheel in football? They need something. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. All right. Well, have a great week, everybody. We will, you know, we'll get over it, right? I mean, when, when you start losing multiple times, after after a few losses, it, it, the sting doesn't cost as much. And no, we don't take any solace in the fact that it was Joe Burrow, you, you quasi-Saints fans. You're a whole different story. But we hope you have a great week, too. And come back on Thursday, whether you like it or not. We'll talk to you then. Peace and love, my friends. She threw